You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. In today's message, Pastor Jonathan continued the series, Courage to Connect. There's no better way to connect than through life groups. Life groups are a great way to meet people who genuinely care about you and are willing to do life with you. We're at the beginning of the new life group season and what a better time to connect to a life group than right now. Life group topics range from family, marriage, finances, and much more. Check out the life group directory at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect life group for you. Starting October 6th, IFC will be adding a fourth service. We're so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. Beginning October 6th, the new service times are 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 1 p.m. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's Word? Come on, let's pray and believe God together. Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to study your Word today. I believe, as always, when we gather around to worship you and to spend time studying your word today, Father God, you have something of value to share with us. You're about to answer questions. You're about to transform hearts. You're about, Father God, to to give us insight that'll help us and make us better. You're all about challenging us. You're all about never leaving us the way we are. You always see more. You're always believing in us. You're always wanting us to realize the potential that we haven't stepped into yet. So we thank you, Father God, that, that what you're about to do really will transform our lives. And we'll be so careful to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. As you know, we are revisiting our mandate from the beginning of the year. Uh, the beginning of the year, we know that you, we've heard the mandate, courage to connect. Every time you walk out the double doors to your left or walk in to your right, right there in the wall is to remind us of God's mandate. Now, how many know a mandate, if you, uh, a mandate we take serious, right? And anytime you say yes to a mandate, there's something there available to you. A mandate is important, and a mandate has within it everything you need for the next season of your life. Everything is there if we will take serious the mandate. So in the beginning of the year, I did a four-part series on the courage to connect. Last week, we did part five. Today's part six. We'll have one more part next week. Just to get us into place, we got four more months left of the year. We want to make sure that you are fulfilling the mandate. Here's the mandate that God gave us as a reminder to us all. Our mandate is to create an environment that challenges all of us to move beyond ourselves, to let down our walls, remove our masks, and to step out from behind the comfort of our digital screens and have the courage to cultivate true friendships and a deeper level of freedom. I knew from the very beginning I had the sense that this would probably be our most challenging mandate that we've ever received here at IFC because this touches the core of who we are. This touches really on the inside of all of us to, to exhibit courage, to cultivate true friendships, and to have a deeper level of freedom in our lives. And so the mandate is for each one of us to say yes to connection to say yes to connection. I pray you have been saying yes to connection. Connection with God, connection with others, 
connecting with the help that you need. And I believe that in doing so, there are many, many more blessings that God desires to do for you. So as your pastor, I take this mandate very serious to help you who feel disconnected, who feel like you're alone, who feel like loneliness, even though you've got all these friends on Facebook, so-called friends on Twitter, uh, right, and, and other places that you really do connect in a significant way as, as what God sees for you and the benefit of, and the fulfillment that'll be yours when you do. And those of you that have made connections, you've taken that step and you come a little early and you leave a little later and you've been willing to go upstairs and have a free cup of coffee in the cafe or you've stepped out into a life group and you've joined a, a dream team. Good for you. And you've introducing yourself to people. It's a big deal for many of you. I understand. But it's, it's God's plan for you to deepen your life and to help you be the best that you can be. Amen. Here's our big takeaway for today. Here's what I want to unpack for you. Before God can win a victory for me, he longs to win a victory in me. What is it that we don't get to see on the outside yet because God so desires to win the victory inside of our hearts yet? See, I believe in being a dreamer. I am a dreamer. I believe it's important that we learn to dream God's dream. I've taught extensively on, on how do you know when you're dreaming God's dream. We just went over it with, a sta- with our staff just recently. But, but what I've learned about is God is more concerned about the dreamer than he is the dream. He's more concerned about you, your heart, than he is the actual dream coming to pass. He's absolutely wants you to walk in victory, but he cares more about the victories that we need to win inside of our hearts before we see the victories on the outside of our hearts. So I want to make sure you see and experience all those victories that belong to you that God's word declares are ours. And so we need to continue to do this work inside of our hearts. So what keeps us from saying yes? to the things that God wants us to do. Oh, we could make a whole list and we could have a pretty extensive list if we just asked the question and, and got your answers. And I have found in my experience that the top, uh, the top reasons why we don't connect, number one, is feelings and emotions. I call it drama, <laughs> right? All the drama in our lives. The drama keeps us so in tune with ourselves that we don't realize the connections with others that are so important. Um, the second one is our masks. We wear these masks. And the scary thing about masks are that you can wear your mask so long, you relate more to your mask than you do the real you. And so the removing of these masks are so important and being authentic and, 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 and living life as, as real uh, followers of Christ. And, and we get it. We're all a work in progress. And then we talked about busyness, didn't we? And how busy we are. At least we think we're busy. And we broke that down to realize that while we are busy, we're not necessarily as busy as we think you are. One more that I want to go over today is pride. Pride stands in the way. I want, to, I want to talk about this subject um, through uh, the perspective of having a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit is something that I've worked on a lot in my life. It's something that the Lord dealt with me from the very beginning. I'm a heart guy. I get it. I'm more heart than I am head. I'm more art than I am science. And I get the value of my heart. I can't be Jonathan Del Turco without my heart being free. And you're the same way. 
If our heart's not right, if our heart is not open, if our heart is not growing, if our heart is not what God wants it to be, we'll never be the real us. We'll never see the fullness of what God has made in every one of our lives. And so a teachable heart becomes extremely important in many areas, but we're going to connect it to making sure that we do have this courage to connect. So let's talk about what is a teachable spirit and why is it so important? You'll be so glad you came to church today. Tell your neighbor, you better get ready. He's loaded for bear. You didn't tell him that part. Tell him he's loaded for bear. All right. Proverbs 10, 8, great place to start. There's so many good places to start. But here it is. The wise are glad to be instructed, but the babbling fools fall flat on their faces. This isn't Del Turco version. I didn't make this up. This is the Bible. The wise are glad to be instructed. Glad, not I'll take it if I have to. All right, whatever. I I guess I better say yes. Uh, You know, twist my arm hard enough. No, there's something about the person who wants to be instructed. They're glad. There's an anticipation. There's an expectation. There's something because you've realized you've, you've been instructed before. You see the benefit of what happens, and we want to maintain this gladness of heart to be instruction, instructed, to have wisdom, to grow, to be the best version of yourself. You need to be teachable. See, teachability doesn't come naturally to many of us. It really doesn't. Depending upon your level of hurt or disappointment at the hands of others, depend upon your level of, of overly sensitivity and, 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 and self-sufficiency, uh, depending on your level of pride and cynicism, will really depend upon your level of teachability. So your teachability all has something to do with these other areas of our lives. And the more hurt we are, the more disappointed we are, the more sensitive we are, the more overwhelmed by life we are, uh, the more prideful and self-staining we are, it's very difficult for us to have a level of teachability where we can continue to grow and learn in every area of our lives. Now, I know we don't wake up in the morning and say, I just hope somebody will correct me today. I don't think so. I don't think you wake up in the morning, oh, I can't wait to get to work so one of my coworkers can tell me how annoying I am. I don't think so. I don't think there's a husband in the world that wakes up in the morning thinking, I hope today's the day that my wife gives me that list that I can work on. I don't think so. Oh, that list that she gives me, you know, I, I can clean up better after myself or do more laundry and dishes or, or, or listen to her more. I don't think that's happening, right? But I'm telling you, the Word of God gives us some very clear instructions and tells us if you're going to be wise, amen, there has to be something inside of you that really is glad to receive instruction, that wants to be better, that wants to be wiser, that wants to be more open. And how many know that if we're going to get better, then we we need to to be in those positions where we get well-timed instruction, Ever been in a time of prayer and you got well-timed instruction? Yeah. Ever been reading God's Word and something just jumped off the page and became highlighted and it became well-timed instruction? Ever been in a Sunday morning service and one of us are preaching God's Word? Man, it was, what? That's exactly what I needed. Well-timed instruction. Someone who loved you and cared for you and spoke into your life. Well-timed 
instruction. Absolutely. And that's so important. And one of the saddest things to me, you know, all I do um, are, are people, 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 people. And one of the saddest things I see regarding people is when I see people get stuck. Good people, God people are stuck in a certain level of growth and they no longer desire to grow. They no longer desire instruction. They no longer respect it like they once did. I I just think that when you're done growing, you're done. You're absolutely done. Amen. When you're done expanding your thinking, when you're done connecting and done receiving and done improving improving and, and, and done asking good loaded questions so you can be better, man, you're, you're done. And I see it all the time. I see somebody who stopped growing at 30, but they're actually 50, right? They stopped. I don't know what happened. I don't know what series of experiences took place at 30 that would so cause you to stop growing and to kind of be that walking dead person, to kind of lose the the emotion and the feeling and the excitement about life and the excitement about God's plan working in your life. It happens on a regular basis. And I see three categories of stuck people. Three categories of stuck people. Number one, I see people that are the know-it-alls. The know-it-alls. I know you're sitting in your seat and you're thinking, that's not me, but that's the person next to me. That, 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 they're the know-it-all. You know, they're the know-it-all. Now, it's important right now that you throw no elbows. Just look straight ahead. Smile. Right? Um, and, and don't give it away that, that maybe you're sitting next to a know-it-all. Uh, but know-it-alls absolutely overwhelm us. There's no doubt about it. And Proverbs 28, 26 makes it pretty plain, plain about this. Those who trust their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is what? Safe. It's safe. You know, the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of instruction, multitude of counselors. We all want to be safe. We want to be safe in life. We want to go to a church that we feel safe. We want uh, to hear things that we feel like add to our lives and add value to our lives. And so the Bible's trying to instruct us that none of us know everything about everything. Right? Doesn't mean you're ignorant. It just means there's no way for you to know everything there is to know. So quit acting like you do. Mm. So you need to have a posture of a heart that portrays, you know, I don't know it all. And because I don't know it all, I need instruction. I need help. And I need to be glad uh, to get it. And I need to make sure my heart describes exactly my posture of desiring to grow in God. See, not just instruction from anybody. I'm not just talking about any old person that wants to make your life miserable or, or treat you in such a way that belittles you or, or makes fun of you or you know, gets on you about things. And, and they're not building you up. They're trying to tear you down. So obviously we're talking about instruction from the, the right environment, the right people, the, the right setting. See, here's what I learned about life. You don't listen to your critics. You listen to your coaches. Amen. Right? You listen to your coaches. Here's why. Because critics, next, your critics are people that just want to tell you what's wrong with you and just want to poke at you. But your coaches are people who love you 
and want you to get better. Amen. Isn't that true? Amen. Amen. You can call me Coach Jonathan today. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sis boom by you, right? And I'm going to wave the, 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 the pom-poms. And if Verna was up here, she'd have that, short, that, that cute short skirt, right? Amen. Uh, and, and, the, and the nice sweater with the letter on it. And Can you picture it? Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we do. I mean, that's kind of what we really do. Um, so I want to make sure that, that you're coached today. I want to make sure that you get this today because this is why you need to be in the right life group, why you need to be connected to the right dream team, why you need to be connected to the right friends, why connection is so important and why the enemy is so afraid of you connecting. Amen. You need to be around people who love you and want to make you better. Amen. The know-it-all says, I've got to figure it out. It's all figured out. I'm good. Right? We've all met people like that. And if we were all honest, we, we know that at some point in time, we've been like that. When we've gone through those seasons where, man, we just kind of knew it all. Um, and, and it's not a good place to be. The second category of stuck people, number two, is the been there, done that people. Yeah, the been there, done that people. See, the been there, done that people want to make sure you know they've been there and done that. <laughs> they really do. They want to make sure you know that they know, right? And Proverbs 18, verse 2 says this. It says, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Wow. Man, that's so true. In other words, they have no desire to hear your opinion. They just want to wear you out with theirs. Wow. In fact, while you're sharing their opinion, they're not really listening to you. They're waiting for you to take a breath. And as soon as you take a breath, right in, then they go with their opinion. They're not listening. All they care about is what they care about. All they care about is their deal, their opinion, their thoughts. Um, and yeah, I know that already. I tried that already. Right? I've been there already. I, 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 they're always in that place where they are just know-it-all. I tried that. I already tried connecting, and they never called me back. I already tried um, you know, going to church on a regular basis. It, it, just didn't, it just didn't work for me. I tried that tithing thing, and all I got was a, a deeper financial hole. I, I tried you know, working with people. I tried making friends and, and so forth. And they just, because they are not only the know-it-alls, but been there, done that, they just become cynical, and, and they just give up at their first try. They give up on something so significant um, and blame it on somebody else not calling or blame it on this thing or that thing. And we've got to realize that, that that makes us stuck and we're not necessarily in a good place to be all that we can be. See, you're going to learn one way or another. You're either going to learn through wisdom or you're going to learn through consequences. They're both great teachers. But you will learn. I promise you. Amen. Wisdom, listen very carefully, wisdom learns from other people's pain. Consequences learn from our own pain. Either way, you're going to learn. Right? I would much rather be a person who's glad to receive instruction, and I'll learn from the wisdom of others, the wisdom that God's Word gives me. Amen. I don't need to learn only by my own consequences, only by my poor choices. Have I learned that way? Oh, you know I have. Right? And who else has learned through consequences? About 60% of you are lying today. Okay. 
Thank you for the honest people, right? Amen. Free pizza after church? Um, so, so wisdom learns from other people's pain. And we need to understand that there's always something to learn. And the third category of stuck people is the one-upper. Have you met the one-upper? You're all so excited. Man, I got a dollar raise. Oh, that's nothing. I got a $5 raise. Right? The one-upper. You can't rejoice with somebody else. You got to go one-up on somebody. Right? I just bought another, another, another car. What year's yours? Oh, mine's, mine. you got to one-up, right? You got to make sure that it's, it's something else. And you, it's so hard for a stuck person to rejoice with somebody else. So hard to rejoice knowing that somebody else um, received a blessing and you got to always top it. It takes maturity to know maybe you got more. Maybe your money in the mail, your blessing was greater, but learn how to keep your mouth shut and rejoice with somebody else. Don't be a one-upper, right? Don't be a one-upper. I mean, let's learn how to rejoice with others as God begins to bless them. And maybe you already learned that about God's word. Oh, I knew that 10 years ago. Don't be a one-upper. Amen. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Amen. You don't want to be a stuck person who refuses to learn, refuses to change, and refuses to grow up and get better and be open and, and get connected. Remember our opening verse? Our opening verse was Proverbs 10.8. And our, our opening verse said, the wise are glad to be instructed. And that's that last part that really becomes painful. But the babbling fool fall flat on their faces. It's never fun to watch somebody not succeed. It's never fun to watch somebody who doesn't, who doesn't listen and, and gets warned over and over again. And at some point, they fall flat in their face when it comes to their marriage or their children or their finances or, or their past or whatever it might be. It's a painful thing to watch somebody you love and care about fall flat on their faces. But the babbling fool is the know-it-all. It's the been-there-done-that person. It's a one-upper person. And we don't want any of that, do we? Absolutely not. So what is it that we do want? Well, we do want a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. Now, why is that so important? Because a teachable spirit has the posture about it that says, I'm willing to learn. I can learn from everyone. Have you heard the statement, eat the hay, spit out the sticks? The statement, right, eat the meat and spit out the bones? All that is saying, all that means is, I can learn from everyone. I can learn from everyone. What a great posture to have in life. I can learn from everyone. I can learn from the 20-something, even though I might have a few more years on that person. Right? I can learn, I can learn from the person who likes me and the person who don't likes me. I can learn from the person who's similar to me and the person who's very different than me. Right? I can learn what to do. I can learn what not to do. But we're always learning. It's important that we learn from successes and learn from failures, right? That we have to be in that place where we're always learning. We can learn from whatever arena. I've learned that in my life. I can learn from the cynic and I can learn from the successful person. Amen. Because one of the greatest lessons in life is not only learning what to do, but it's learning what not to do. Amen. 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 I want a teachable spirit. I don't know it all. 
I haven't been there, done that all. Amen. I, I'm, I'm open to grow and I'm open to change. And it's one of the marks for, for 43 years in ministry and 38 years pastoring this church to, to stay open to grow, to stay open to change, yeah. to stay open to, because I believe it's, a, it's one of the keys to longevity. It's one of the keys to being around a long time and, and to experience a, a long-term blessing and the constant going up the, the escalator and the constantly making progress. Amen. We, we hit plateaus, but, but we want to make constant progress, and you can't do that without a teachable spirit, right? We don't know it all. We don't know everything's to know about marriage. We don't know everything there is to know about parenting, about finances, about how to forgive ourselves, about how not to let the past be, define our destiny and define our tomorrows. There's so many things we don't know. And Proverbs 1.5 tells us such important things. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. I like this. Let the wise. That means that you're already in the progress, the process of becoming wise, right? You want to be wise. And because you're wise, you want to be still wiser still. Amen. Amen. Let the wise. Let you who are glad be glad. Amen. Even more so. Yet you who, who have learned to grow and have learned the benefit of instruction, man, continue to put yourself in positions to hear and to learn and guard your heart. Amen. To make sure it doesn't get hard, but it stays soft and tender. Amen. Solomon is saying, you will never arrive. You will never reach some pinnacle moment where you figured it all out. You will never get to that place where you will retire and say, I know it all now. No, I found out, and I'm sure you have too, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. Right? The more I know, the more I realize, wow, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. That's so good. And if you are wise, you still need to get wiser. If you enjoy instruction, you still need to get more instruction. It's a lifelong journey. Getting better is a lifelong journey. Getting stronger is a lifelong journey. Getting freer and freer is a lifelong journey, right? Getting connected is a lifelong journey. We don't make one connection. We keep making connections with all kinds of people. As a pastor, I enjoy getting connected with a wide range of people. I do. I enjoy learning from every arena, from, from the, the church arena, from the secular arena, the business arena. Absolutely, it's a wonderful thing to keep learning in life. Amen. See, I, I have too many responsibilities to stop learning. There's too much at stake to stop learning. There's too many more levels of prosperity I want to get to. There's too much more health I want to enjoy. There's too many more relationships I want to enjoy. Too many more people I want to impact. Amen. To stop learning. To stop growing. There's just too much out there that's waiting for me to, to capture and to walk in God's highest and best. And, and the word wisdom, right? The beginning of wisdom is, is, is get the, the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 4, 7 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. This word wisdom means skill of living. Skill of living. I don't know about you, I want to live this life with all the responsibilities I have with a level of skill. Right? 
I love being around people. You just know, man, they're working on all cylinders. They've got the family thing working, the kid thing working, the business thing working. They're working in their church. They're being a blessing. They, 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 everywhere they go, there's just this positivity about them. There's just this something about them. Man, there's a skill in that. Amen. I want to be around those people, don't you? I want to be around those couples where it's working. I want to be around that businessman and woman where it's working. I want to be around that parent where it's working. I want to be around that, that husband that, that man loves his wife and he's got his issues, but man, he's constantly growing. Amen. Skill. I need divine skill for living. How about you? Of course you do. It's a divine skill. See, knowledge, knowledge is horizontal. Wisdom is vertical. It comes from God. It's divine. I pray on a regular basis. I say, Father, my Father, give me wisdom beyond my years and wisdom beyond my experience. I prayed that for years, decades. That's been my prayer. Amen. And I'm so grateful to report God answers prayer. Amen. Amen. So what does a teachable spirit look like? What's it look like? Two things in our last remaining minutes. What's it look like? Number one, it's humble. It's humble. A teachable heart, teachable spirit is humble. Proverbs 11.2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom is best received in a heart that is postured toward humility. James tells us that God resists the proud and gives grace to the who? The humble. Amen. God gives grace to the humble. That word, uh, God resists the proud. That word resist there means stiff arm. It means to have a stiff arm. I don't know, maybe you've played around with, with your kids. You've wrestled with your children, wrestled with your grandchildren. I, I do that on a, on a regular basis. I remember in the pool years ago with my kids, now in the pool with my grandkids now. You know, they're always trying to uh, you know, tackle Papa and put him, in the, put him under the, the water. And it's just so easy right now, at least at their age, to, go to, to do this to James. All right, he can't get me. I, I stiff arm him. Then I put him under water. Put my foot on his chest. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> make him a man. Uh, to, to, to Benjamin, right? You, you stiff arm. And, and when you stiff arm somebody, you see it in football players. You see it in other areas. You, you, they're, you're stiffing arm that person to avoid contact. Well, oftentimes we're trying to grab, grab at God. We're trying to get God's attention. And we don't realize oftentimes that our pride okay. is keeping us away. Our pride, we're, we're getting stiff-armed, and, and, and God desires the humble to draw you in, amen, to bring you closer, praise God. And that's important that we understand that, that the, the humble we are, there's grace, power beyond our ability is the definition for grace. It draws me in, and my humble heart always is being open to God to say, God, I, I don't know what to do here. Amen. And you think after 38 years pastoring this church, I would know what to do. And there are many things that I do know what to do. Amen. But there are many other things that are just new challenges and, and, and the future, what the future holds. We absolutely need God's plans. See, pride says, I don't want to ask anybody for help. I'll figure it out myself. Pride refuses to admit that they don't know how to do something. Pride hates being seen as needy. I got this. I'm good. Pride ultimately, though, leads to a fall. 
When you say, God, I don't know how to do this. Holy Spirit, I, I need some instruction. I need some guidance. Let me tell you something. God goes to work for those people that'll be willing to say, I don't have it all together. I don't know how to do this husband thing. I don't know how to do this wife thing. I don't know how to do this parent thing. I don't know how to, I, I was good at it when they were five, but now that they're 15, that's a whole other ball game. I don't, know, I don't know how to do all this junior high and senior high thing and, and, and empty nest thing. I don't know how to do all these things. And as a businessman or a person who just absolutely needs the grace of God to work in your life. I, I, I've always admired C.S. Lewis and he puts it best in this way. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's so good, isn't it? It wouldn't be right to not to think of yourself less. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a God thing to think less of yourself, rather. It, wouldn't be, it, would, it, it doesn't match the word. It doesn't match God's heart for you. It doesn't match the good, good father that he is, that we would think less of ourselves. Amen. But thinking of yourself less is awesome. Some of you need to give yourself a break and quit being on your mind so much. <laughs> Some of you, all you think about is yourself. You know, the whole statement, I was always on my mind. Sounds like a country song, right? <laughs> I was always on my mind. I can hear, or hear it in the background. Um, but you need to understand that, that that's a, <laughs> humility is valuable for being a teachable person. And last but not least, number two, has a desire to grow. Has a desire to grow. This is such a simple message, but it's just so profound. And, and, and there has to be something within you that desires to grow, that desires to make progress, that never settles, does not say, I've arrived. I, I never want to get to that place, and God forbid that I do, and I'm grateful that I have a wife that will instruct me. <laughs> I'm grateful to be around a team that are not a bunch of yes men and yes women that'll, that'll help me understand and, and, and make me better and as we sharpen each other. And, and that's one of those verses that I so enjoy. It intimidates some, but blesses others. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Let me close with this today because this is so powerful. One of the reasons why we stop growing is because growth can be challenging. It can be painful. Um, it, 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 it demands that we are no longer comfortable. It demands a level and a season of being uncomfortable. And the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, I want to teach you how to live in over your head and enjoy it. Now, who wants to live in over their head? And how in the world do we enjoy it? Amen. But if you're going to do anything for God, you can do anything significant for the world and be a blessing and, and, and make sure that other people's lives are better, you will always be in over your head. Can we just be honest? You will always be in over your head. If you don't want to be in over your head, then you, you are not going to experience some of the amazing places, faces that God will bring into your life. Amen. Growth challenges us to change. Here's a statement that Oftentimes, it's a compliment, but oftentimes, it's a, it's a sad declaration about somebody's life. You, you haven't seen somebody for years, and you haven't seen them, and you see each other, and they say to you, man, you never changed. You look awesome, right? It's a compliment. Kind of feel good about yourself. They might be lying, but at least it feels good, right? And 
right? You haven't changed a bit. And that's an actual compliment. Then there are times where you haven't seen somebody for ages. And you begin to talk to them. All of a sudden, while you're talking, that sneaking thinking comes up. There goes your mouth. There goes your cynical look at life. And they say to you, you haven't changed a bit. That's not a compliment. It's not a compliment when you can look at your life and and haven't changed at all. Or look at your life where you haven't changed for a long time. Or look at your life when you're in that place where, man, you haven't grown. You haven't stretched. You haven't gotten better. You haven't got any more open in your life. And that's a challenge. See, we often resist growth because when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Ever see that show, Forged in Fire? It's a show, Forged in Fire, and it's all about these contestants that come. And the goal is to make a a custom blade, a custom knife or sword or something from, from scratch meaning they'll take a, a piece of iron and put it in the fire, and when it's red hot, they'll take it out, and they'll get the hammer on the anvil, and they'll start pounding that thing, and man, sparks are going crazy, and you think everybody's going to be caught on fire, and they're pounding away and shaping this custom uh, piece of, of iron that will eventually be something very usable, and then they sharpen it, and they grind it, and they get it to a, a place where they polish it, and man, it's this sharp, beautiful piece of blade, and they put a handle on it, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's quite a show to see how this can be done from, from just a, a raw piece of iron. You see, Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The idea here is if you have a desire to grow, well, it's going to cause some friction. You've got to be willing to be some friction there. So, so we, we want comfort and, and we want ease, but, but what God wants is for us not to run from what we need we don't have need to have the attitude, I want what I want when I want it, but to recognize that, that God's plan is so much better. So a friend sharpens a friend. Oftentimes we have such great friends in our lives, and we don't recognize them. Because oftentimes we say, well, if you were a friend, you wouldn't be giving me so much grief. If you were a friend, you wouldn't be causing so much friction in my life. You don't even realize it, but they're probably the best friend you have. Someone who says, man, I'll not let you stay the way you are. I'll not let you go backwards. I'll not let you live beneath the, what, what, what belongs to you. I will not allow you to settle. You're becoming so ordinary, and, and you're so exceptional. And you won't, I'm not going to let you live any old way you want to. I'm not going to let you compromise yourself and let you be in that place. Man, that's a friend. That's a friend. That's someone that we need in our lives. Do you have friends like that? Do you have friends like that that'll get in your face and will not let you settle? Amen. And they'll be honest with you and they'll call you out if necessary when you are falling short. Absolutely. That's why we need to be a part of a life group. That's why we need to be connected. That's why we need to be around others. Why? Because they sharpen us. Iron can't sharpen iron unless it's close. There's got to be some proximity. Change happens with a proximity. And iron sharpens iron, not from across the room or down the block. There has to be some kind of connection that happens. And we can't be intimidated by the sparks. And we got to recognize what God so desires to do in our lives. Let me close with this. When I was really learning how to trust God, this is a long time ago, I was realizing, am I going to finally believe that he's a good God? Am I going to finally believe he's for me, not against me? 
am I going to finally kick to the curb? You know, you never know what God will do. See, growing up, old-time Pentecostal, that's all I heard. I always heard you never know if it's God's will. It might be God's will today. It might not be God's will to heal you tomorrow. And I wasn't sure what kind of God he was. I wasn't sure what kind of father that he would be. So I had to make up my mind. What am I going to believe here? Is he good or isn't he? Is he for me or isn't he? Does he want me to prosper or doesn't he? Does he have my future in store for me and it's, it's exactly what I need? Is what I got to make up my mind. And when I finally said, yes, I believe that. I believe with all my heart and I will stake my life on it. And I will, I will serve you knowing how good you are. And I desire to develop that kind of trust with you. And I desire to live my life with that awareness every day of my life. When I decided that, this phrase rose up in my heart that really sealed my commitment to trust God. Here's what he said in my heart. He said this, I love you too much to hurt you, and I'm too wise to make a mistake with your life. That became a confession of mine for decades now. Over and over again, God, thank you. You love me too much to hurt me. God, you love me too much to make a mistake with my life. You think it'd be something that I've maybe said years ago. I said it this past week. I said this past week. There's always something that we're trusting God for. There's always something that's stretching us. There's always something that, that we need to step up and something we need God to come through. If he doesn't, man, I, this ordinary personality, this human being, it needs to be something, that, that, that divine spark that really makes the difference, that makes us out of the ordinary and exceptional. Amen. And I recognize that. And I realize I've got too much responsibility to allow my heart to become hard. And the problem with so many of us is your blade is dull. And because your blade is dull, it's very hard for you to cut through the challenging issues of your life because of dullness, because we've lost our sharpness, because we've allowed ourselves to go backwards. We've allowed ourselves to go back to where we said we would never go. We said we'd never drink from that well. We'd never sleep in that kind of bed. And here we are drinking from a well and sleeping in a bed and eating food that we thought we would never, ever eat. And it was so painful the last time we thought there's no way I'd ever go back again. And with, a, and with a hard heart and a dull blade, it's amazing where we end up. I want to encourage you today. You see, I can't do this like I said with a hard heart. I will not allow myself to become cynical. I will not allow myself to be like so many others. I refuse. I hate it. And I hate it with a passion that I will not become that. So every day I've got to work on this. Every day is your heart becoming harder. You need a tender heart. That's why we're talking about what? A teachable spirit. Why? It keeps your heart tender. I've worked hard. Vernon and I have worked hard to keep our hearts tender to the hurts and cries of others, to not be so cynical that it's a blah, 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 blah. Absolutely not. What was our big takeaway? Before God can win a victory for me, he longs to win a victory in me. If you'll have a teachable spirit, if you'll have a tender heart, if you'll have an open heart, if you'll have a glad heart, if you'll have a hungry heart, man, you will see so many victories outside of you. If you'll just learn to take the time to have these victories in you. Why? 
I mean, my wife and I are in a season we're experiencing many, many blessings we've been believing God for. Why? It's because we've worked that much harder on the inside. What you don't see, you see the outside, but you don't see the work we've done on the inside. You don't see the private time and the tears and on your face eating carpet. You don't see the times where you have to set, ask for forgiveness and make it right and, and get it together and, 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 and make sure that God is first place in your life. And you think, man, well, you're a pastor. You should have this stuff together. No, I'm a human. I'm a human. Don't forget, I'm not a robot, right? I'm a human just like you. I got to pray like you do. I, I, I make the mistakes that you make. I open up my mouth when I shouldn't. Amen. You think all these years I'd figure that out. Right? I got to do it just like you. Let me tell you something. With a teachable heart, the victory's on the inside. You watch and see what God will start to do on the outside of your life. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank God for his word today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If you can, why don't you raise those hands towards heaven just for a moment. Raise those hands towards heaven and say, Lord, I submit to you today. I, I really do. I, I don't want a hard heart. I don't want a dull blade. I don't want to get familiar with, with instruction. I want your highest and best. Do a work inside of my heart. Release your faith right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over all that hurt and disappointment, all that oversensitivity. We take authority over pride. We take authority over cynicism. We take authority over anything that would try to undermine your tender heart to hear from God, to know His plan and purpose for your life. Oh, Father, there's too much at stake. I'm believing for too much. I'm too much of a bigger dreamer. I'm a big dreamer to let life Harden me. People, harden me. No way. No way. In Jesus' name. He wants to be a way maker for you today with every head bowed, please. I want to make sure that that way maker is working in your life today. I want to make sure Jesus lives in your heart. You see, when Jesus lives in your heart, he can melt the hardest heart and make it soft. Jesus living in your heart today, sins forgiven, heaven as your home, a new beginning. Oh, my Lord, talking about a heart after God. I want to make sure that Jesus lives in your heart today. If you've never said yes to Jesus and never said, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord. I want to make sure heaven is my home. I want to make sure that he lives right there in your heart. And that's where... You begin to become tender before God and God begins to open up your life and change you from the inside out. You say, Pastor, pray for me, please. In a moment, I'm going to ask you, for those of you that need Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you or point you out, but so you can be intentional and say, that's me. I need Jesus today. I need forgiveness today. I need a brand new start today. I want to make sure heaven is my home today. If that's you, Will you raise your hand nice and high so I know who you are today? Yes, thank you. God bless you. You put that hand up right away. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Who else? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you over here. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Over in the back. Yeah, I see it, sir. Thank you. God bless you. 
Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I see it all the way in the back. Wow. Thank you, Father. More over here. Yeah, thank you. I see it. All right. God bless you. I see it. Thank you. Wonderful. Oh, what a miracle today of changed lives. You said, I, I need Jesus today. Come on, you're joining us online. This is for you. Open up your heart today. Let us, let us come into your heart and life today and help you walk in God's highest and best. Anybody else? Man, all those hands today, how wonderful. Man, same thing happened in the first service. How good God is today. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say it with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Here's my heart. I'm done being the boss of me. It's not working. I need you, Jesus. Jesus, forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. I believe God raised you from the dead. And you're alive and well. And I invite you into my heart. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. You are now the boss of me. I surrender under your Lordship. You are now in charge. By faith, I receive forgiveness. I receive eternal life. And I will never be the same. Now come on, give God praise this morning. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.